I'm going to start a new series on prayer. And um, we're going to talk and teach about prayer and about what prayer is and what prayer isn't. Sometimes you need to know what something isn't to know what it is. Does that make sense? Sometimes you need to know what something isn't so that you know what it is. Because sometimes we think something is a certain thing and it actually isn't that. And um, so we're, we're going to teach extensively over the next few, however many weeks, on prayer on Wednesday nights. And uh, it's going to be good. It's, it's vital. It's vital that you understand this because of the things that God talks about regarding prayer in Scripture. Um, we, we live in a world where people think that prayer is a lot of different things. Some people think that through different types of chants that you're praying. Some people think that um, if you light a certain number of candles, and I'm not, being, I'm not being critical of what other people do. I'm just, we're talking tonight as we always do what the Bible says that prayer is. Okay? We're going to talk about and just, I'm going to give you kind of a foundation of what, you know, just the beginnings of what this series is going to be about. And, and, uh, and it's important that you understand what it is. Um, but some people think lighting candles or counting beads or doing certain things is prayers. Or there's prayer involved in that. Now, someone might say, well, you, if you don't light candles or you don't do that or you don't say chants, well, you don't understand you know, what we think prayer is. That's fine. That's fine. You can believe whatever you want. What I'm going to talk to you tonight, tonight about and for the next few weeks is what the Bible says that prayer is, what it is. And, and to talk about that, we have to talk about what it isn't. When I came into the body of Christ in 1977, in February of 77, I knew absolutely nothing. I'd been in a couple of churches during funerals, and I think maybe one wedding before that. And then at, at a real early age, about five years old, I was in a, a church for a few Sundays that I ever remember. Um, so, but for the most part, I had no church life in my past. And so when I came into the, to the, to the body of Christ, I got born again. Um, you know, you, you, you listen to what people teach you about certain things regarding the Bible and, and, and topics that you're interested in. And I was very interested early on in prayer. I wanted to understand prayer. So through the years, there were people that, talked a lot about prayer and what prayer was, and uh, they talked about, you know, certain attitudes that you had to have for prayer. Um, I used to think that prayer had a stance. To pray, you know, you needed to, I mean, I used to, I used to think that prayer had to do with your hands, because when I was five years old, uh, in in this Sunday school class that I was in, when I was five years old, they prayed and they said this little prayer about the steeple and all, and you open your hands and see all the people. And so I used to think that it had something to do with your hands. So, so there was a time when I prayed in my hands, and I'm not, I'm not. You can do whatever with your hands, your feet, whatever. I don't care. I mean, do, do whatever you want to do. 
But this is not prayer. This is not prayer. Laying on my face, I was told for a while that the only way to really pray, pray and intercede is to lay on the floor. And then, then I was taught you had to lay on the floor and you had to moan and groan and chant and, 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 and like bombard the gates of heaven with, you know, God. I mean, th think, think about this. Let, let's say I came into Dale's presence and I was just constantly yelling Dale. Dale, 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 oh, Dale, 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 Dale. And finally Dale's going to go, what? Yeah, I'm here. And, 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 but, but I was, early on, I'm just saying, I was taught things like that, that that was prayer to bombard God with his name. God, 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 God. And I used to think that. But over time, and getting some specific teaching that led me to the Word, not another person's idea, okay? Because a lot of the different ideas that I just mentioned to you, and there are many others that had to do that, what, that this, is the, this is prayer. Um, very little of it could I see backed up with the Word. But then... I found some people that really taught me some things that they backed it up with the Word. And so, through the years, I've, I've heard other people use definitions like this, but you've heard me, if you've been around here very long, I, I, this is my definition of prayer. It's, it's connection with God. It's communion with God. It's, it's one with God. It's a, it's a relation. It, it, prayer is relational. You, you, because, because it has to do with connecting with the heart of God over specific issues, over people, over nations. There can be some yelling going on in your, con, your, your connection with God. There can, you, you can find yourself laid out praying, you know. But, but, but the position is not prayer. Right? The, the, the objects, you can, you can be led in your spirit to, you know, light a candle or something or whatever it is, but lighting candles is not prayer. Connection with God is prayer. And that's over the next few weeks, we're going to go in depth to the different types of prayer. There's different kinds of prayer. You, you can't call the prayer of faith the prayer of faith, when it's a prayer of consecrating yourself to what the will of God is. Um, I, don't, I don't know who it was originally that said this, but I've heard it, and I think it was F.F. F. Bosworth that said this years and years ago. But he said, he said um, faith begins when the will of God is known. Faith begins when the will of God is known. I've heard many people use that. I've used it. You've heard me say it if you've been around here very long. We, we've used that before. But, but faith begins when you know what the will of God is. So the prayer of faith cannot be prayed till you know what the will of God is. So there, there are different types of prayers where you consecrate yourself to the will of God. And we have to understand how to do that. 
That's what we're going to look at in the next few weeks. How to consecrate ourselves to a place of prayer. Now, tonight I'm going to read four passages of Scripture. Everybody say four. Only four. Only four. Isaiah 56. Isaiah 56. Actually, we'll just, we'll just kind of read these together. They can put them up on the screen for me. Isaiah 56 and verse 7. Do we have it? In the, yes. Actually, um, give, me, give me the sixth verse in the Amplified. <clears throat> so also the foreigners, this is Isaiah prophesying about future things, about this dispensation of time. Also the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him and to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath so as not to profane it and who holds fast my covenant by conscientious obedience. Verse 7, all these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Everybody say house of prayer. Whose house? Whose house? God's house. So what, what, what have we been defining in the last few weeks in, in different services? The house of God is the church, right? And the church of Jesus Christ is his body. The church is his body. Ephesians 1 and 22. The church is his body. So the house is the church, which is his body. So all these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in the house of prayer. So, what's the house of prayer? This building? No. It's us and it's me. It's you. It's us and it's you and me. It's us and it's you and me. The house of God is the church and the church is the body of Jesus Christ. And when we understand who we are, there is joy when we understand prayer. And not only that we understand prayer, but that we operate in it. And we live and exist in a life of prayer. There's joyfulness in the house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices, watch this, will be accepted. Who? Even the foreigners. Even the unsaved. Even the unsaved. They're going to come into the body of Christ. And their offerings, their sacrifices and their offerings will be accepted for my house... My house, my church, my body will be called a house, a church, a body of prayer for what? For all people. Prayer is for all people. It's not for a few. Some people think that, you know, just somebody that stands behind a pulpit prays. Well, you know, I, my pastor prays for me. I don't, I don't pray. Or my priest or my this or whatever, you know. Well, we do pray. We do pray for you, you know, but prayer is for all people, and, and to pray is for all people, and in prayer comes joy. In the fullness of God is joy, and there's a joyfulness 
that comes from a life of prayer when we understand it. Listen to me. Joy comes from connection with God. And connection with God is not a burden. Prayer is not boring. Not when we learn it. Not when we learn what prayer really is. It's not boring. It's not like this drudgery that we have to force ourselves to do. It's connection with God Almighty. And in that connection is joy. Amen? And in the weeks ahead, we're going to talk about that. Luke chapter 18. Luke 18. This is number two. I told you four, right? Well, I may have one more. No, I'm teasing. Four passages. Um, So let's read this from starting with verse 9. And let's read this in the message. Do you have that in the message for me? Yes. So this is Luke. So this is, this is a story that Jesus is telling. So he told his next story to some who were complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performance. And they looked down their noses at the common people. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax man. The Pharisee posed and prayed like this. Oh God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, crooks, adulterers, or heaven forbid, like this tax man. I fast twice a week. I tithe on all my income. Meanwhile, the tax man slumped in the shadows, his face in his hands, not daring to look up and said, God, give me mercy. Forgive me, a sinner. Jesus commented. This tax man, not the other, went home, made right with God. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. But if you're content to be simply yourself. Now, I'm going to read the end of that verse, but I want to say this. Real prayer comes from you being yourself. (laughs) That's real prayer. You know why? Because God likes you like you are. Hmm? And and whatever needs to change in your life, it will change in your connection with God. So don't try to be somebody. Don't try to put on some air. Don't try to produce something. Don't try to, you know, create, you know, some form of what you think prayer is, you know, like the Pharisee did. God, I thank you I'm not like this person and that person, especially this guy over here. And this guy over here does all these things, and I do all this right. And I mean, the pride and the arrogance and that attitude is what cause, will, will cause him to fail or you and I to fail in life in being effective in connection with God. Because connection with God will cause you to be, number one, satisfied with you and who you are and not you trying to be somebody else. And when you're satisfied with who you are, then you're able to hear and see God. And when you can hear and see God, you'll make changes in your life that please Him. I'm going to say it again. You'll make changes in you that please Him. And I tell you what, 
When you can come to a place in your life where you're not about yourself and you learn to be about other people, you talk about pleasing God. Wow. Because then God sees, you know what? My boy and my girl, they're getting it. They're getting what, my, what life is really about with me. Connection with me. When, when, when you get connected with God, you know, what he'll, you know what he'll talk to you about? Not you. He'll talk to you about other people. When you get really connected with God, he's going to assure you that everything's met in your life, everything is good in your life. He's going to lead you and guide you. He'll, he'll tell you things in, in direction. But he's going to be able to talk to you about other people and about giving to other people, about sowing into people's lives, about praying for other people, about helping other people. And, and, and a person that's totally consumed with themselves, they can't ever hear God. So a lot of times what happens is they try to beg God. Listen, is this a prayer? Oh, God, I need $1,000 today. God, I've got that. $1,000. Is that a prayer? We think it is. People think it is. People think begging God for something is a prayer. But you're, we're going to see over the next few weeks. And, and if, you, if you still think it is after tonight, if you keep coming, you're going to learn that that's not a prayer. That, that, that's not what God calls prayer. God doesn't call prayer those kind of things. God understands what we're dealing with, but God wants you to know that he will meet those needs, but his way, not the way we think we can get him. If I can, if I can get God to feel bad enough for me, maybe he'll come through for me. That's not a prayer. That's not a prayer. And a lot of times... You know, I wish it was a prayer. <laughs> I wish I could just beg God and he'd do something for me, but it just doesn't work that way. And, and we're deceived if we think it works that way. And that's why a lot of people think that God doesn't care about them because they've never been taught how to tap into a real relationship with him. And I'm telling you, there's no greater form of connection and relationship with God than through prayer. Because again, what is prayer? It's connection, communion, and relationship with God Almighty. <clears throat> Amen? <clears throat> but if you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. Meditate on that. I got a really good word one of the nights on that right there. Wow! Anyway. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6. We're not going to go into detail in this. We're going to talk about it more through the weeks, but I want to just touch on it. Matthew chapter 6. And we're just going to start with verse 5 in the New King James. <clears throat> and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, and on the corners of the street that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. Remember, this is Jesus saying this. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do. Again. 
Oh Dale, oh Dale, oh Dale, oh Dale, oh Dale, oh Dale, oh Dale. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. The vain repetition of things that really don't move the heart of God. What, what, what does the Bible say moves God? Faith moves God. Faith and faith alone. You, you mean Jesus doesn't have compassion? Oh, he's got huge compassion. He didn't have compassion on people that are hurt. Oh, huge, huge compassion, but it doesn't move him. See, if, 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 if sins and wrongdoings and things that weren't right, if they moved God, then God would be moved all over the place and people's needs would be met everywhere. If all I had to do was just beg God to do something for me and he would do it, then people would beg all the time. How, how many know it's very easy to beg for something? It's difficult to stand for something. It's difficult to develop right relationship. Husband and wife relationship, it takes a lot of work. Becky and I have been married for 37 years, and it's taken a lot of time and effort and work to develop relationship. I'm a male man, she's a female man, right? Male man don't think like female man. Female man don't think like male man, right? They don't, there's heated discussions and there's stuff that goes on and there's resistance and there's attitude and there's all kinds of things that go on in this relationship. You have to work at it. You have to develop it, right? In anything and everything that we do, things have to be developed. And when, when Jesus is, when he was talking about understanding a life of prayer, and connection with the Father, it takes understanding the Father's heart to know how to pray, how to believe God, and how to have faith because it's faith that moves him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It didn't say, it didn't say in that scripture that you're not pleasing to God because of something in your life or something you've done or mistakes. Or, it didn't say you weren't pleasing to God. It pleases God to see you trusting Him and believing in Him even in the natural at times when things don't look like they're working. That's what He wants to see. It takes a lot of work and effort to understand how to do that, and, and we just can't quit at it. Amen? Let me see that next verse. <clears throat> Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you even ask them. So what were we just saying? That real prayer has to do with having a life of faith and trust and confidence that God has me covered. So then I can be an actual instrument and a tool and a weapon for Him on behalf of other people and over the nations and the world. Because the house of God is called the house of prayer to, to, to who? Just a few? No, to all peoples, to all nations, to everybody. It's a house of prayer. Because the house is not this house now. The house is the church, which is his body. So individually, every one of us are a house of prayer. God created us to be a house of prayer. A place that people could come to when they see you and they have needs, they're able to come to you and, and see needs met because you know how to pray because you're connected to God and you walk by faith. <clears throat> I 
verse 8, or verse 9, whatever the next verse was. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. One of the things that we find in prayer, and we'll look at that on one of the nights, is what shuts the prayer of faith down is unforgiveness, not forgiving other people. You will never forgive people that have done you wrong without a connection with God. I'm going to say it again. You will never forgive people that have done you wrong without a connection with God. You know why? Because you'll constantly be playing like a tape recorder in your mind the things that people have done. I was telling somebody, actually even earlier today, I was telling somebody that for years in, in my born-again walk, so much of what Jesus would say about forgiving others, those who have done you wrong, those who have despitefully used you, you know, do good to them and bless them, expecting nothing in return, I just overlooked those verses. You know, thought maybe Jesus had a bad hair day one day and wrote things out like that that just absolutely made no sense whatsoever, you know. How could somebody, why would I forgive someone that's handled me in a wrong way, done me wrong? I have a right to make sure that they pay for what they do. But Jesus, Jesus had other ideas. And through the years, probably 20, 20 years ago or so, I started reading the Gospels through. I would read them through and then read them through again and again. And I'd do it at least once or twice a year. A couple of years ago, I, I read a proverb every day and three chapters of the Gospels for 31 days. And I did that every month for about 10 months. And, and as, I, as I did that, a greater understanding of these passages of Scripture came to me. And that's where I began to do some of the study that I'm going to do over the next few weeks. I began to get a greater revelation of what real prayer is. For you and I to think that we're going to advance in life in unforgiveness... We are deceived. To think that we're going to advance in life with roots of bitterness in us, we're deceived. Now, who doesn't have unforgiveness? <laughs> who doesn't have issues in their life where they've had unforgiveness toward other people? Who doesn't have some form of bitterness at times that they have or resentment toward other people? Who doesn't? At one time or another, who doesn't? I, well, maybe there is somebody, but I've never met anybody. I've met people that lied, but I've never met anybody that was really truthful, that didn't have to deal with some form of resentment, unforgiveness, or bitterness of some kind. And if you keep that, it shuts your connection with God because you will not have intimacy and fellowship with God and have bitterness reigning in your life, unforgiveness ruling in your life. That's why when we talk about in Mark chapter 11, when it talks about the prayer of faith, 
says, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will come to pass, he'll have everything that he says. Therefore, when you pray, when you pray and ask, believe that you receive and you'll have the things that you ask. That's, that is the prayer of faith. That's the, that is the model for the prayer of faith. And, and, if, and if you're not in faith in a specific thing, if you don't know what the will of God is, if you're just praying that, yeah, maybe something will happen, that's not the will of God. If you don't know what the will of God is, you can't prayer, pray a true prayer of faith and get results when you're not sure of the will of God. But the next verse says, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, and you don't go to God and connect with God to deal with the unforgiveness, it shuts the prayer of faith down. And and we don't want to be people in the earth that, number one, don't know how to pray the prayer of faith, or number two, can't pray the prayer of faith because we're not dealing with our hearts. Faith is a heart issue. Prayer is a heart issue. Faith and prayer have to do with our connection with God and our deliverance that we've experienced from God on an ongoing basis. You should be, you should live a life where you experience deliverance from something or another all the time. Going to another level all the time instead of camping out where we're at, becoming satisfied with what, with what we have, just tolerating certain things and just putting up with stuff in life. We, we don't want to be people that tolerate and put up with things. We want true connections to where we can overcome, but yet we can help other people overcome. That's the key. Overcoming in areas of our life for other people is the gospel. It's advancing the church. It's advancing the, the purpose of why God put us here on planet Earth. He wants us to advance His church. He's building His church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. And his church has to be built and established by people with renewed minds, from a renewed mind, have a connection with God, and learn how to step out and live by faith and trust him and and have a passion and a heart for others. I want to see other people be set free and delivered. I want to be able, on a day-to-day basis, to hear God for other people. For other people. Today, I can say in, in the last three days since Sunday, I can look through this room, I won't say who it is, but I can look through this room and God talked to me about a number of you. If you only knew what he told me. No. <laughs> There's a number of you in here that God talked to me about. I want God to talk to me. I I don't want to be so consumed with me I can't hear for other people. You know why? Because there are times when I'm not hearing anything from God and I've heard God say, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to other people about you. What are you telling them? No. How many want other people praying for you? Yeah. But, but, But that doesn't just happen. It happens because we come to a place in our connection with God where we can hear God about other people. And you don't ever have to tell anybody that you're praying for them unless God tells you to say something. But otherwise, it's just, it's just out of your relationship and your connection with God that you're praying and you're believing God. Listen, listen. You praying for somebody because God spoke to you about them 
is better for them than you coming and giving them some certain amount of money or things. Now, that, you know, in the natural, they may not think so, but I promise you it is so. Prayers that are coming through somebody who has dealt with unforgiveness in their hearts, who is, who is focused on God and hearing God for others, those prayers produce in this life, what they produced when Jesus was here. Same prayers. Same prayers. The works that I do, Jesus said, you'll do, and even greater works because I've gone to the Father. Where he's at at the right hand of the Father representing you and I, he is our intercessor. He is the one that stood in for us. He has empowered us. And if we will connect with the voice of God, we will connect in prayer in communion and oneness and relationship with God, there's no end to what can happen in our lives. That's what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks. Amen? James chapter 5, and I'll end with this. What time is it? What time? Five till, okay. Right on time. God's always on time. <clears throat> James 5. And I want to read this. Um, actually, James 5, the second part of James 5, I mean, the second part of James, what is it? <laughs> 516, yeah, there it is. <clears throat> and let me have it in the Amplified. Gosh, I love this. In the Amplified, verse 16. <clears throat> right there where it says, the earnest. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer. What's prayer? Continued connection, relationship, fellowship, communion with God. A person that is, has heartfelt, continued connection, intimacy, relationship with God. Makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Everybody say dynamic. You know what? That, that word dynamic comes from the word dynamite. It's explosive. It's explosive. I'm telling you, our prayers were created to be explosive for one another. What, what I'm expecting to happen in the next few weeks is that you <clears throat> walk away from this series that we're going to teach because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. So, as, we, as I'm delivering this word tonight and I'm delivering it in the days ahead, I'm expecting you to become so explosive in, in what you do and say on behalf of other people. You know, listen to me. <clears throat> if you're going to pray for other people in your connection with God, then you can't, you can't talk about other people. You, you can't use words of bitterness and unforgiveness toward other people. You can't talk about other people. But see, God works all that out. He delivers us of that. He sets us free. And I tell you what, <clears throat> when you, I, I'm not saying you don't have any, I'm not saying that I'm talking to people that have no understanding of this. But when you gain, when you continue, when you continue to gain new levels of revelation about what I'm talking about tonight, that's where it becomes dynamic. And it's like, 
I mean, a hundred people tempting you with things that you like in life couldn't cause you to bend and use your mouth on someone else other than with the word, the word of God over their lives. When that happens, the world changes. When, when, when no matter what anybody does to me, I do the word of God, that's when the world changes. The world changes then. One person at a time, when we become unoffendable, no matter what anybody does, never give in to fear, never give in to the temptation to say the wrong thing. Never get, because we're tempted all the time. Some days you said something, you've got to repent. You've got to practice those things. Constantly you have to practice those things. But the world changes when our mouth only speaks words of righteousness from their connection with God Almighty. In that place is our, is our it says, this righteous person makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. <clears throat> Leave you with that thought tonight.